Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner. He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. It is sports on a Sunday morning. We have a lot of good stuff to get to, including right now. It's a happy man on the air right now. It's Javon Pickett. 16 points, career high for him as Mizzou won at Temple, 64-54. Javon, it's great to have you on KMOX. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, are you? I'm doing great. How was that uh, ride back after beating Temple? That's a good win right there, 64-54 over the Owls. Yeah, we had a hard-fought game last night. It felt good to get that win. That's a good win. 16 for you. How'd you get them? How'd you put those 16 in as you were 5 of 10 from the floor? Um, just staying confident in myself. Uh, the coaches just told all of us just to be confident. Teammates uh, finding me for the right shot. Um, just believing in myself. Javon Pickett is with us. He's part of this uh, great class, and he's from the St. Louis area, from Belleville East High School. He was a 2018-19 first-year academic honor roll member in the SEC, and as a freshman, I thought you played a tough style of basketball. In, flat, in fact, I told Konza Martin that he, the way that you play reminded me of him, and I wanted to ask you about Conzo Martin as a coach and what it's been like playing for him? Um, it's been great playing for Coach. Uh, he's going to always be on you to uh, make sure that you're the best person on the court and off. Uh, he try to bring the best out of you every day. Uh, so every day in practice um, is always going to be it's always going to be a great one just knowing that uh, he's going to make you go out there and compete, just try to make you be the best defender and the best player that you can be. How did you guys rally from losing to Charleston Southern into this position, do you think? Uh, you know, everybody, uh, we just stayed together. We stayed solid with one another. Um, we stayed confident. Uh, we watched a lot of film. Um, we we did the things that we were supposed to do. Uh, and then we just went out there and played our game. Uh, we just just confident throughout the whole game. When things didn't go our way, we, we still stayed as one and just went out there and executed because Temple's tough. I mean, they like to pound it inside, don't they? They are a team that didn't shoot the ball very well from the outside. They were 2 of 21 from 3. Your team was 8 of 29 from 3. But as it turns out, you just were able to establish yourselves inside, weren't you? Yeah, uh, we we were taking the ball inside, beating it to Jeremiah. he kick it off for good shots. Uh, he was making his shots in the post. Uh, we had a lot of people... Uh, slashing to the rim. We uh, got some shots from that. Uh, we just played our game, and everything worked out fine. I like this team. I, I think there's a chance for this team to be really good in the SEC. It, it's all about coming together, isn't it? Do you feel like you have 
started to gel, and you have a, a new face in Drew Smith, but he was with you last year as a transfer from Evansville. Oh, yeah, we're gelling. Uh, we just, uh, like you said, we're just making sure that we stay together with each other throughout the whole game. You know, for us, the problem was playing like one half and then trying to come back in the second half. Uh, so yesterday we tried to play two full halves, um, competing throughout the whole game. And, you know, like you said, with Drew Smith, with a new face, uh, he's a great player for us uh, on the defense and on the offense and he's a great leader. Um, that's someone that you would like to have on your team throughout the game. Yeah, he's a great manager of the game. He's going to get his first bragging rights game. That's going to be awesome on December yeah. 21st against Illinois. Javon, you were on fire in that game last year. I mean, you had some game in the bragging rights. You were 7 of 8 shooting. You had 16, and uh, you picked up that win over Illinois. That's a good memory for you. Yeah, that was a great game. That was a great day. Uh, we're going to go out there and compete this year. Um, you know, But last year, the game was very exciting. Uh, we needed that win, so we went out there and executed. That was a good one. Why, why, by the way, what's it like playing in Philly at Temple? What's what's that crowd like? That's, I mean, Philadelphia is one of the great basketball cities, you know. Mm -hmm. um, when we we got there, it was great. Um, you know, uh, the atmosphere was pretty good, but uh, we just had to go out there and just make sure that we didn't get too. Um, we didn't get too worried about everything that was going on. We just had to go out there and play our game. But, uh, you know, it's a great atmosphere there. Uh, you know, their fans are going to cheer for their team. And so it was just very fun. Yeah, they know the game up there. It's really a lot of fun, I think, in Philadelphia. they That's a great basketball city, has been for a long time. Temple, a great program, but Mizzou beat them. Missouri goes on the road and wins 64-54. So, again, your schedule coming up, you have SIU, Next Sunday, so you got a little time until then. That'll be a 3 o'clock tip at SEC Network's uh, broadcast. And then SEC Network will have the broadcast on Saturday the 21st when you play Illinois at Enterprise Center at noon. I'll be there. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast. And Javon Pickett from Belleville gets himself a win last night against Temple and puts in 16. Congratulations on it, and thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes here on KMOX. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. All the best to you. There's Javon Pickett, man. That's that guy. I love the way he plays. I love the way he plays basketball. And that team, if they can just get to their group together, stay the course, hit some outside shots, the team's going to be fine. They will be fine in the SEC. They'll be tough to knock off. Conzo Martin's got to get them moving in the right direction, and that's a good start right there, a win on the road against Temple. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, here's a guy who knows how to get that done. His name is Craig Berube. The coach of the Blues accepted the Sports Personality of the Year Award at the Jack Buck Awards, and you will hear that speech next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 11-16, sports on a Sunday morning. Tom Ackerman with you. Let's take you back to the Missouri Athletic Club on Thursday night and the Sports Personality of the Year presentation, Blues General Manager Doug Armstrong. Well, thank you very much. First of all, I'd like to thank the Missouri Athletic Club for 50-plus years of hosting an event that allows us to... Yeah. <laughs> that allows us to celebrate the best of the best of what our community has to offer. So thank you very much. Uh, also, I'd like to congratulate everyone up here on getting their awards. Uh, a couple of special people I'd like to or thank is uh, Natisha Coach. I want to thank you. When we moved here from Dallas a number of years ago, 
my daughter played basketball at Westminster for uh, uh, Coach Zipanovich. Uh, they went to the state semifinals. Uh, the next year they got a chance to play your team. Uh, they were going to slay the dragon. They were excited about it. And when I left, I went home with a chartered public accountant now. So thank you very much. <laughs> also, Bobby, I'd like to congratulate you. Uh, 52 years ago, you came to St. Louis as a, a member of the Blues. Uh, for today, forever, you will be the St. Louis Blues. So congratulations. Uh, when I was uh, preparing to, to introduce Craig, I, I looked up the, the word uh, personality in, in the dictionary today, and it had two definitions. The first definition was someone famous, from usually from entertainment or sport. Well, Craig, you checked that one off. What you were able to accomplish last year with your coaching staff and players, uh, taking a team that was in last place, uh, taking it all the way to the ultimate goal of winning a championship, you certainly are famous, so thank you. <laughs> the second definition of personality uh, is the characteristics or qualities that define somebody. So I'm just going to spend just a minute or two describing Craig. Humble is one of the qualities that, that comes out. Uh, I got a chance to meet Craig and, and work with him uh, four or five years ago. Uh, he did some scouting for us uh, for an international event, then he became our American League coach. And he is maybe the most humble human being I've been around. He's never uh, takes himself too seriously. He's always looking to put praise on other people. Uh, he's, he's just, uh, and when we won last year, he was always giving the praise out. And that, that's something that uh, is, is a quality that, that, that is excellent. Uh, leadership. You, your leadership on what you brought to our team last year, the way you came in and made everyone breathe, take a deep breath. Uh, when he first came in, we were, as I said, we weren't doing very well. Uh, and we, you'd go into the locker room and you'd see the, the standings and the St. Louis Blues were unfortunately at the bottom of that. He took the standings down and said, today's the start of something new. And as we built and we built, uh, he never put them back up when we got to the top, but <laughs> it, it was great uh, just the foresight to, to let the guys know that what they needed to do was just take care of today and tomorrow would take care of itself. So he did a great job in that area. Um, honesty, some of the things too that, that come into my mind, we get off the bus in certain cities and the bus drivers, Craig knows all the bus drivers, they know Craig, and that's different, that, that's not in every sport you see that. The head coach, they talk to him, he treats people the way that you'd want to be treated. He's a fantastic human being, and without Craig, I'd like to introduce you and congratulate you. My girlfriend doesn't say that nice things about me. <laughs> thank you very much, Doug. Um, I want to thank the Missouri Athletic Club. What a great event. My first time here, obviously, but what a great event. And uh, obviously, this event's been going on for 50 years. And, uh, you know, when I watch the video and I see all the, the, the past winners, Bob Gibson and, you know, a number of guys, I'm not going to name them all. And, 
just, they're legends. Uh, like our guy right here, Bobby Plager, you are a legend, buddy. <laughs> Hell of a job. <clears throat> you really are, and congratulations to all the winners here tonight. Uh, great job by all you guys. Um, you know, we're, we won the Stanley Cup last year, and that's why I'm up here. I truly believe that, and it starts with leadership, and it starts at the top, and that's Tom Stillman. Thank you very much, Tom. Everything you've done, leadership group, unbelievable job. Um, and this man right here, Doug Armstrong, I, you know, I was out of work. I got fired from Philadelphia. Um, and <laughs> Doug, Doug uh, called me up and offered me to do some scouting for him, and that's what you do. You get back in the game and you, you meet new people. I was in Philly my whole career pretty much with coaching, so I really didn't know a lot of people, but I met Doug and we formed a good relationship. We have a great relationship outside of the game. We have a great relationship within the game. Uh, we, commun we communicate really well and uh, get along, and I'm up here because of him. He gave me an opportunity again, gave me a job uh, coaching his minor league team, brought me up here as an assistant coach to coach the Blues. And, you know, unfortunately things happen. The team wasn't doing well and people lose their job, but, you know, someone else gets a chance. And he asked me to come in and do a job, and, uh, you know, we ended up getting it done. Uh, but really... <laughs> Doug, Doug uh, put a great product on the ice through draft, trades, free agent signings. We have a great team. We have a great team this year again, uh, and that's all on Doug and the management group. They've got great scouts and people that work hard and do all, the uh, all that dirty work, find players and put good players on the ice, good character players, uh, people with character, and that's really important. Um, our coaching staff, I have a great coaching staff that I work with every day. Um, and when you work with someone, every, people with every, every day, uh, they're like wives and, and husbands. You got, you know, you bicker and fight, but what a great staff. And they do an unbelievable job with our players, teaching young guys, uh, communication, all the, all the things that are needed, uh, coaches have to do. And they do a great job. And we wouldn't have been champions without them. No way. Uh, they're, they're a great group of coaches. The players, they win games. Let's not forget that. They go out and play the game. You win because of players. Our players bought into a team-first mindset and a work ethic mindset. And that's what our team is based upon, hard work and team. And they bought into that, and they're Stanley Cup champions because of it. So all to the players. Great job. Yeah. We, we got a great group of guys that are great leadership, high, high character uh, players, and um, you know, we're fortunate to be able to have people like that to work with and coach. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, to you fans in the city of St. Louis, you're unbelievable. Uh, great sports town, great fans. That parade is, un is something I'll never forget in my life, along with winning that cup and hoisting that cup up, but that parade is un was an unreal experience that I'll never forget. Thank you very much. Last but not least, my girlfriend, Dominique, who's here tonight, and she's not here all the time. We're, you know, she lives in Philly, so it's a back and forth deal. We got kids and everything. Without her, it wouldn't work. She takes care of my kids. She does everything. Great job to her. She deals with me. I'm not a very happy guy when we lose. I'm just okay when we win, but I'm pretty goddamn happy when we win the Stanley Cup. Thank you very much.
Craig Berube, the coach of the Blues at the Jack Book Sports Awards, winning the Sports Personality of the Year. The college football playoff rankings, the final rankings, one through four, have been revealed. We will tell you who they are coming up after this break. It's 1125. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, the college football playoff rankings are out. Tom Ackerman back with you, and here is how they look. So the number one selection by the committee was LSU. I think they got this right. LSU smashing Georgia in the SEC championship has earned that. They will play number four, Oklahoma, in the Peach Bowl. That's the setup. LSU and Oklahoma. I'd be curious to see what Vegas puts on that game. Between those two, LSU is a dominant team winning the SEC and will play Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. Number two is Ohio State. Ohio State winning and going undefeated after beating Wisconsin yesterday, 34-21 in the Big Ten Championship game, but having to come back to do so and LSU dominating its game against Georgia tipped the scales there and LSU jumps Ohio State as the number one team in the college football playoff. Ohio State will have to play number three Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. Again, I would love to see what the line on that game turns out to be. We'll find out here shortly. But Ohio State will pack that place. Those fans will pack it. Don't worry about that. They've been to the Fiesta Bowl many times and it'll be rocking in there. Here's another little nugget for you. This is, uh, again, the college football playoff has been in existence for six seasons. This is year number six. Never has a number one won the national championship. Number one has not won the college football playoff. The first year was in 2014-15, and Ohio State won the championship. They beat Oregon. Ohio State was a four that year. It was Alabama one, Oregon two, Florida State three, and Ohio State four. Alabama lost to Ohio State in the semifinal at the Sugar Bowl. The next year, the number one team was Clemson. They won their game against number four, Oklahoma, but they ended up losing the national championship to the number two seed, Alabama. The following year, the number one was Alabama, and they lost to Clemson, the two. The following year, Clemson was one. That was in the 2017-18 year. They lost in the first game to the four-seed Alabama, who ended up beating the three, Georgia. And last year, the number one was Alabama and was smoked by number two, Clemson, in the championship game, 44-16. Alabama beat Oklahoma to win that, and Clemson beat Notre Dame, if you recall, was in the college football playoff last year. So again, it's one LSU, two Ohio State, three Clemson, four Oklahoma. That is the final playoff rankings in college football. LSU will play OU in the Peach Bowl. Ohio State will play Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. This is also the day that we kick off the winter meetings in San Diego. They're all heading out there right now, including John Mosellock. But his final stop before heading to Southern California was the Missouri Athletic Club on Thursday night, receiving the Stan the Man Award, and I had the great honor of presenting the Cardinals President of Baseball Operations. Ladies and gentlemen, the Stan the Man Award is sponsored by A.B. Mowry. It's in memory of longtime MAC member, the greatest Cardinal of them all, Stan Musial. The award was established to honor an individual for dedication, hard work, 
class, and loyalty over a long period of time. This is the 25th year with the St. Louis Cardinals for John Moselock. Talk about dedication, talk about loyalty, talk about a period of time of success. Dedication. The kid from Boulder, Colorado, came over to the Cardinals organization in 1995 and assisted in scouting operations. In 1998, assistant scouting director. In 1999, became scouting director, which means that you oversee the draft. And the draft, which has changed over the years in terms of analysis and in terms of evaluations and the technology available, and he's changed with the times. In 1999, he did pretty well. And in 2000, he did pretty well. You might recognize the names that came out of that draft. Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. Director of Baseball Operations, Assistant General Manager, and over that time, two pennants and a world championship in 2006 as a member of the front office. And the story was just beginning because he became General Manager of the club for the 2008 season. And since that time, the Cardinals have had a winning record every season under John Mosellock's watch. Seven playoff appearances, two pennants, and a world championship in 2011. Executive of the year, organization of the year, multiple times the NL Central champions in 2019. All of these are great, awesome, amazing accomplishments. Dedication, hard work, loyalty, long period of time. The one word that stands out when you think of Stan Musial and John Mosellock is class. You know, I'll tell you from a personal experience that I get the opportunity to talk to Mo every Sunday at 11.30. And by gosh, at 11.30, he's on the phone. I do a radio show on KMOX. I know that's very important and everything, but he has a lot of things to do. And for him to be that dedicated to something, for me personally, to be able to, to understand what that means, that that's a window of opportunity to the fans to be able to talk to them and explain what's going on. And I'll ask questions about the team, and I know he's waiting for me to ask a question about who you're going to go get. Are you going to make this trade? Are you going to sign this free agent? Or what about this guy, that guy? And he'd like to say, Ackerman, stay in your lane, okay? <laughs> but he doesn't. What he does is he answers the questions. And it's not just me. He does it with television, with radio, with print. He's the most available person to the media in St. Louis. Television, radio, print. He spent time doing roundtables with bloggers because he knew that the Cardinals have so many people that aren't credentialed to go to games that they have a voice too. And so he agreed to meet with them and talk to them and ask their questions. Heck, he's going to be at the, uh, aren't you going to be at the Schnooks in Richmond Heights tomorrow uh, for Salvation Army ringing the bell? I mean, there he is. People will come up. And always with class. Always. Never have I seen him not the ultimate in class and dedication to the city of St. Louis. He loves it here and loves living here and loves being part of the community. And that's a huge part of this award also.
because Stan Musial was more than just a great baseball player and the greatest Cardinal of all. As was mentioned multiple times here already, a presence, Bob Plager said it, a, a, somebody that would walk around to the different tables, make sure that he greeted everybody in the restaurants, but he was in the community. He was doing things, uh, charitable organizations, volunteering his time, his effort, making donations. John, I've seen so many times with me hosting the American Parkinson's Disease Association events, just one of many, what he does on the National Board of Directors fighting blindness, and on and on it goes. The dedication to St. Louis and the surrounding community is unmatched, and he's done it for years, and it's time to award him with the 2019 Stand the Man Award, John Moselock. Yeah, those introductions are nice. Um, Bobby, you want a, should I yield some time to you to finish? I mean, I really was getting some text messages, but God bless you. You know, I, I, I first off, I, I think about this award and, and, and just the name usual and what it means to, to the St. Louis Cardinals, what it means to the city of St. Louis, and, and really what it means to me personally. And, um, you know, I was lucky. I got to know Stan. I got to, to see him at the latter part of his, his life, and I, I realized coming from Colorado, you didn't have that iconic figure that really sort of captured everything your city wanted it to be. So to sit up here tonight and to receive this award uh, named after Stan is, is really a great honor to me. And to be up here and to be working in sports, and, and particularly professional baseball, to be in an organization for 25 years, that's rare. And, and I think back to my career, and I think of the reason why. You know, when you look at the continuity of the St. Louis Cardinals, when I started, they were owned by Anheuser-Busch. The DeWitt family took it over shortly after. So we've had two owners since I came to St. Louis. We've had three managers and two heads of baseball over that time. And that's something that's just very unique. You think about all the changes that happen in professional sports, and St. Louis has really been blessed with that continuity. And the other thing I think a lot about is, is relevance. And you think about how you're always trying to compete. Everybody that sits up here, we live in a world where winning is everything. We do what we do because we like to compete. A lot of people that sit out here that are our fans, they like to be entertained. They want to believe in the player. They want to have fun. Of course, they love raising the cup. But that's what drives us. And that's what makes St. Louis so special. My peers always laugh at me because they think I'm, I come from this little, small little Midwest city that winning doesn't matter. Right? How many newspapers do we have? Kind of like 0.5 right now, right? No, I don't mean that negatively. It's a sports city. You guys demand winning. You want to see that. And I think that's what makes St. Louis so special. 
And as I think back to my time and, and over those years, I feel lucky. I've seen a lot of winning. And I know that's what you guys want to see. And I feel like being in a fan base that cares is what makes it so special. So it's a wonderful honor to be connected with anything with Stan Musial and the St. Louis Cardinals. So as your fans, I promise you we're going to continue to work hard. We're going to continue to put a quality product out there. And I hope you'll be proud of it. So thank you. Outstanding stuff from John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations at the 50th Jack Buck Awards at the Missouri Athletic Club. If you get a chance, you can go online. It's all at KMOX.com. You can hear those. They also will be replaying those awards uh, throughout the month of December on Fox Sports Midwest. KMOX will as well. We ran them last night, but we will do it again, and we'll let you know when to do that, and we can put it up there on our KMOX Sports Twitter page and also at KMOX.com. But really a fun night. And I don't have time on this show to play all the speeches, but I wanted to get a few of them in there for you. Carolyn Kendall Betts, Jim Cavanaugh, receiving the Jack Buck Award in promoting St. Louis through sports. What a tremendous job they've done to put us on the map as a sports city once again with three professional sports teams. And you can also say that the XFL makes it four. Now, they're not major sports teams uh, in the XFL, but professional football is back. And Kurt Hunziker, I know, was in attendance yesterday and really had a good time with it um, on Thursday at the Jack Buck Awards, had a good time with it. And, and the commissioner of XFL is going to be in town tomorrow. Uh, Oliver Luck will be heading out there. KMOX will be out there to interview him. I'm excited about having that. You know, this has been a great year for sports in St. Louis, but I think we're in the middle of a renaissance right now. Uh, you look at what's happening in all of the venues from Midtown to the river and just across the river. So I'll explain real quick. Chaffetz Arena, the Billikens, who play at 2, 1230 today down in Phoenix against Tulane, and they're playing really well, uh, are coming off an A-10 tournament title in an NCAA tournament uh, berth. That is nothing to, to sneeze at. That's big time. Uh, the Billikens are now a team that's considered to be in the mix every year for the NCAA tournament. They should be pushing the top four in the A-10 and perhaps getting an at-large bid, or maybe they can run away with it again and find a way to get back into the tournament automatically. But that's big. Then you go just down the street from there, an MLS stadium is going up where that Ferris wheel is, just west of Union Station. It's going to be tremendous. It's going to help the entire downtown west area. It's going to look so great. And further... To the east, Enterprise Center, the Stanley Cup champions. And the Blues are not slowing down anytime soon, although they've lost back-to-back -back games and look very good. They're practicing right now. I hope they play a little better in their next game at Buffalo. They will play at Bush Stadium coming up uh, in the spring as the 11-time world champions and the defending NL Central champions, and they were in the NLCS last year. The Dome has XFL, and across the river, Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway, five minutes from the arch, is trying to land a NASCAR race, and they've been very successful in the other circuits as well. This is a very good sports town with golf coming to Norwood Hills next year, the PGA Tour champions. Things are on the rise, and sports has a, a big part in all of that. When we come back, we'll talk things over. Let's wrap it up with some baseball. What are the Cardinals going to do at the winter meetings? Chris Raby is on his way there. He joins us next on KMOX. 
Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Chris Raby on his way to the baseball winter meetings. The last time we heard from the Cardinals. 13-1. to The Cardinals have the lead, and it's a 2-2 count on uh, Mr. Uh, Swanson with two out. And this, of course, was before they lost to the Washington Nationals, but the last series win. And the 2-2 pitch from uh, Cabrera. Here it is. Fastball swinging a miss, struck him out. And your Cardinal uh, team is uh, National League uh, Division uh, champions, and they're going to go to the uh, championship series. What do you think the Cardinals' biggest need is right now? Offense? Yeah, it's offense. And you know, we saw how good the pitching was and what the pitching did for them this year, what the pitching did for them in the postseason. But if you can't hit, if you can't hit in, uh, you know, the biggest games of the year, then you're going to be in trouble. And it, it was not only the fact that a couple of the guys they depended on the most just appeared to, um, you know, not show up in some of the biggest moments, but just the way that they've gone about it offensively over the last couple of years that seemed to be kind of a departure this year. You know, even when the two biggest bats, Paul Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna, got going at the same time for really the only time of the year in the NLDS, it was still a lot of solo home runs. It was still, you know, those two guys really uh, producing in spite of the rest of the lineup. I think that they've got to figure out a way to not only get back to some of the OBP rich type of players and, and spots at the top of the lineup, but then also the guys in the middle of the lineup that can drive those guys in. Easier said than done. It appears Marcelo Zuna is going to be headed elsewhere, so that's already one void um, in your lineup. And a guy who you know you acquired a couple of years ago, hoping to be that big impact middle of the lineup bat. So um, the biggest need is offense. I don't know what the market and what the you know both trade market and free agent market will. Um, allow them to do in that respect in terms of what acquisition cost would be. But, yeah, certainly got to figure out a way to score more runs and take advantage of the unbelievable both starting and relief pitching you got last year. I do think it starts at the top, and you have to figure out who your leadoff hitter is, don't you? I'm yeah. not sure that we know that right this moment. Yeah, I don't. And I'm not sure we know who the outfield is. So that throws a wrinkle into things. Uh, I think Colton Wong has to be up there. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best players in the National League the second half of the season last year. But but then there are question marks, you know, with both Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter. I think it's fair to say that you do not know at this point what those guys' roles will be if spring training started tomorrow. I'll give Dexter credit. He had a good year last year. He, he had a Dexter Fowler-type year. And it was really, you know, when Dexter moved up to the leadoff spot and then eventually Colton Wong was – was moved up to the two-hole, um, that the Cardinals' offense started to produce a little bit more like we've seen in the last couple of years. But, again, not a given uh, with Fowler. Don't know what you're going to get in Matt Carpenter or what the role for Matt Carpenter will be. But, you know, it's really a shame if you have, for instance, Paul Goldschmidt uh, or even last year Marcelo Zuna, those guys in the middle of the lineup. And if guys aren't on base, you know, that's kind of what we've seen from the Cardinals over the last handful of years, a lot of solo home runs. And, not able to necessarily do damage when they need to. Chris, do you envision a scenario where Tommy Edmond plays every day? Yeah, I do. And, you know, maybe not 
162 games. I think we even saw, you know, the kind of toll that that took on Paul DeYoung last year. And, and Tommy is certainly a, a young player in, in that respect and maybe still adjusting to uh, the workload of the big leagues. But I think you need to find a way to have Tommy Edmond have an opportunity to impact every single game. And, you know, whether that's him at third base, which I think is, you know, at this point clearly his best defensive position or, you know, him playing the outfield where he was more than competent, you need to have him involved in, in just about every game. And it's going to be on the manager, Mike Schilt, and the coaching staff to, you know, manage his workload and make sure that you're getting the most out of him while you're not maybe riding him too hard or, or putting too much on him. But you've got to figure out a way to get him in every day. And and that really, again, if you look at the positions that he plays, especially right field and third base, comes back to Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter. So how do you get Edmund in every day? What does that mean for Carpenter? What does that mean for Fowler? And what does that mean for the Cardinals offseason? But, man, what a dynamic player and a guy who – was right there with Colton Wong in terms of uh, value in the National League in the second half last year. Yeah, he's a terrific player. And if you don't see him, folks, in a projected opening day starting lineup, what we're saying is don't freak out, right? I mean, he could he's going to play. He could end up starting a whole bunch of games and be very impactful. Chris Raby is with us, one of my favorite people in one of my favorite cities this week, San Diego. You're going to have a great time there. I love it. Love it. Uh, my sister lives in San Diego at the baseball winter meetings. Just one other uh, quick thing, and that is pitching. So the the rotation we know, Flaherty, Hudson, Michaelis, Wainwright, and Carlos Martinez is working to get there. Is it possible the Cardinals could add somebody there? Absolutely. And, you know, I really feel like this pitching market is kind of uh, representative of the waters where the Cardinals have, have swam and have had success recently. There's not just the top-tier guys like Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg who – you know, I think people would be surprised if, if the Cardinals were in on either of those guys. We saw Cole Hamels uh, sign already. We saw Zach Wheeler sign with the Phillies for $120 million. But there's a lot, Tom, of depth in the pitching market. And I feel like there are a lot of the kind of guys that the Cardinals have gone out, targeted, and have gotten a lot of value and maybe even value from after they signed them to below-market value deals. Um you know, veteran starters, guys in the bullpen that fit that role as well. It's funny, it was a couple of years ago that uh, the Cubs signed Hugh Darvish to a, a mega deal, and then the Cardinals, a couple of hours later, officially announced coming to terms with Bud Norris. And I know people kind of rolled their eyes, and it was framed uh, incorrectly uh, in some places as the Cardinals' response to the Hugh Darvish signing. But Bud Norris was great. And he was one of the most important players two years ago for the Cardinals as the closer and as the guy who was racking up saves. And they were able to, you know, spot a guy who they thought had value and spot a guy who they thought had value at, um, you know, a number from a salary standpoint that, that made sense and could give them a competitive advantage. And he was great. So, you know, I think there were a number of guys like that. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, fans – won't be disappointed if they don't come back with a big-time name. Um, but certainly there's a lot of depth, a lot of quality, and I think a lot of maybe low-risk, high-reward arms. It kind of fits the way the Cardinals evaluate talent. And, 
and bring them into the organization, which I think could do them a lot of good. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. John Mozeliak has been very careful to manage expectations here, but you just never know what could end up there. Uh, I think what you're outlining there is a reasonable look at what the Cardinals will probably try to do. We'll see what they end up with. Chris Raby will be at the winter meetings in San Diego. Just our final seconds here. Uh, Let us know what your coverage will look like this week, including a network show, Countdown Opening Day on Wednesday night. Yeah, we'll be on uh, every night on KMOX. We'll be on throughout the day. Uh, but, yeah, as you mentioned, our, our first show, Cardinals Countdown Opening Day, presented by Ameren. That's on Wednesday night. And we're really, really excited to, you know, kick the off season off. A big thanks to Goodwill, who, again, is sponsoring our coverage. And, you know, uh, I'll be on Sports Open Line and, and Cardinals Countdown Opening Day every night. So, uh you know, starting at just about 6.15 Central every evening. You can catch us from San Diego. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at KMOX Sports. And, uh, of course, the website at com will have you covered. I know I'll be popping on with you in the mornings. And looking forward to it. should be uh, a really, really fun week. The baseball. 2020 baseball season is officially underway now with our coverage of the winter meetings. We look forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Chris. All right, man. Thanks. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Chris Raby joining us as he makes his way to baseball's winter meetings. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.